What's up, chefs? Welcome to the intro of the Super Divorce Supercast. Uh, we got fucking deep this episode, at least towards the very end. Towards there. the end, yeah. We uh, talk about Beer Me. Yeah. And then we talk about uh, my experience watching the movie Mother mm-hmm. for a little bit. Mother! Dude, <laughs> dude. All fucking day yesterday at work. All day. I knew I was going to see it. And I was like, Mother, <laughs> tell your children not to walk my way. Yeah, all yeah. day. Uh, we segue from Mother into another discussion about it. Uh, Hold on, we, was that Danzig's song was not in the movie, was it? It wasn't. Damn. It, wasn't. it was not that kind of movie. Missed opportunity, you fucks. <laughs> Um, but we segue into some talk about the new It, and then we both cut ourselves off of that because we already did a podcast about It. Yep. Uh, and then we just get, like, hella existential, I guess. We went into, we, we just wanted to do some TT boys. Yeah, we just wanted to do some TT boys, and then we ended up talking about racism. Fucking Mark Zuckerberg throwing, like, heavy topics at us. Craziness. You know, I, I did see something earlier. And it was like Mark Zuckerberg walking. <laughs> Have you seen these pictures? No. He like hyper extends his knees when he's like walking regularly. It's really weird. Like kicks kicks them out. He kicks like, so hard that like his like his like you know his leg would be up here. What? When he is walking. No. Yeah. It's I'll, weird. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg walking. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. I'll look it up. Yeah. Uh, and while I'm looking that up, you guys, uh, you listeners should look us up all across the internet. Uh, make sure you start at superdivorceme.com. That is our mother base, our one-stop shop for the Superdivorce Superverse. From there, you can pretty much link to everything, but you can also find us on facebook.com slash superdivorce, Twitter at superdivorce, Instagram at superdivorceband, and please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. So search Super Divorce on YouTube and then subscribe to our channel. We offer all kinds of other media content from music videos to Super Divorce Gets Beer to Super Divorce Goes Shopping to old podcasts that we're now uploading from back when we were seeing archives. Archive podcasts. And also Monster Movies, which is a horror movie review show that I do with my mom. Uh, all of that stuff is available on YouTube. And soon, it'll be the return of Super Scary. Yep, the week-long return of Super Scary in October. Which, depending on the reaction, maybe we'll... Uh... Maybe we'll keep doing it. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Uh, so, definitely check us out. Everywhere you can think of. Um, if you want to follow Nicholas on social media, you can just go to whatever website you're at, type in at Nicholas Villars and see if he's there. Or make sure to follow him on Steam. Play some Lawbreakers with him. Yeah, man. At Venom Villars. Lawbreakers is free this weekend if you're free. playing on PC. If you're a PC gamer, Lawbreakers is free on PC this weekend so look me up and and let's play 
So so add at Venom underscore Velars. That's right. On Steam. Uh, and if you would like to follow me on social media, make sure to search at Bender Butt on Instagram. That's, that's the best place you can find me. I post all the stuff that I buy. Yep. He has a good Instagram. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, please enjoy this episode of the Super Divorce Supercast. What did, what did the one guy say from Nintendo that Josh was telling us about? Please look forward to. Please look forward to. <laughs> please look forward to this episode of the Super Divorce Supercast. Enjoy, chefs. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hey, man, welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. This is Nicholas or Villars, as I'm called on the front of our album. Oh, all right. It Bender. Ah, when I would be Bender. I'm... I just jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah, like the last name. Yeah. It looks cooler, though. Villars Bender. Paul and Oates. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Yeah, well, it wouldn't have been as cool if it was, like, you know, Daryl and Oates. No. That's... Yeah, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Daryl and Oates. <laughs> Nicholas and Bender. <clears throat> it's not as cool. Villars and Bender, that's yeah. like two fairly unique sounding names. Mm-hmm. I like it. I yeah. like it. Um, well, uh, we just walked back from seeing Alec yep. over at the Ameristop. Picked up our beer for this evening. As we do. What do you yeah. want to you want to start with the Baptist or do you want to go with the pumpkin? Oh man, I don't know. Let's start with the the Bapt Baptist. Big, because it's one bottle. All right, Big Bad Baptist. Yeah. Epic Brewing. Uh Exponential series. Mm. Let's see. This has a nice um textured label mm -hmm. like a like a paper like a papyrus label yeah. or something much uh, similar to what you would find on wine although i doubt this beer is going to taste anything like the wine beer we had last I week i doubt it this is a stout with cocoa nibs and coffee added and aged in whiskey barrels well, you know i love cocoa nibs <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't tell you what a cocoa nib <laughs> is <laughs> Maybe that is that has to be like the technical name for the maybe the cocoa bean. Is it called nibs or like broken up pieces of them? Maybe. That maybe those are the nibs. Who knows? You grind them up a little, and you nibble on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's very stylish though. It is very stylish bottle. It's really cool. Big bad Baptist. Do you think? I'm guessing this is. This is John the Baptist. Would that be right? Probably, I mean, guess. That's your guess is as good as mine. Well, I feel like maybe they would have, you know, taught you about this in Catholic school. Oh yeah, I mean they did. I just yeah. mean like I. Did they tell you about the big bad Baptist? <laughs> <laughs> no, John was never referred to in such a way. <laughs> That's too bad. Yeah. 
John Big Bad Baptist. There <laughs> 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 uh, you go. Oh man, it's like it's thick. Yeah, it is. T H I C C. This gets, for... gets you a little bit more in there. Yeah. I think for, I think we're pretty good amateur pourers. Yeah, like you got you got a little more head than I did, but yeah, I've seen worse pours than not this. Not normally the case. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not right now. Well, your luck could be changing soon. <laughs> we'll see. Cheers. <laughs> That's mm. good. Yeah. Oh man. It's just there. What? There's nothing better than just like a thick, <laughs> dark, rich, yeah, creamy beer. That's another one that's gonna blow your damn IPAs out of the water. Man. Yeah. It's just come on. Blow IPAs out of the water and blow your dick off. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good blow your dick off beer. Mm. See, a lot of people would taste this and be like, mm, no, it's much no it's too it's too much flavor is what it is <laughs> that's why they can't handle it they're not used to it it's so good it's they're, really good i enjoy this a lot good choice mm. that is a big bad baptist mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it'd be interesting to get baptized in this i was beer. just i was just trying to come up with like i could drown in this beer because yeah. like, you know some baptists get you know, <laughs> dunk in the water yeah the old dunkaroo <laughs> take the old dipper rooney in the holy water well i know they do uh they do like carnivals right at some catholic churches they'll do like a big carnival and big Oh yeah, like like the like different like festivals like yeah. the Saint Susanna Festival mm -hmm. in uh, Westchester. And, yeah, and like Fenwick has the Fenwick Festival every mm -hmm. every year. That's the Catholic high school I went to. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a big thing for churches. They should uh, do one of the dunk tanks, but fill it with holy water. <laughs> <laughs> you, you Only get, people that want to get baptized. Yeah, like, you sit there, and then, you know, it's like a fun game, but you also right. get baptized when someone wins. Yeah, so. only priests can throw the balls, though, and if they don't <laughs> hit it in three, then you're condemned to hell for all eternity. I don't see the upside of going into the booth then, but <laughs> just for fun, maybe. <laughs> Show your faith in your, in your priest. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I, I saw a joke the other day that was how do you make holy water mm -hmm. you boil the hell out of it <laughs> that's, a, that's a great joke to tell at church yeah that's a great church joke that, and I actually like that a lot yeah I'm gonna tuck that away <laughs> next time you find yourself in that setting yeah like a, a, a wedding or yeah something of the sort yeah. although I don't know I feel like I don't know too many people that are searching for the Catholic wedding anymore, you know, or even like the, even like a very religious wedding. My cousins, I guess, but I guess if you're raised in, even, just go to Catholic school in your entire life or something, I think a lot of people are, they still do it even if they're not like, diehard, 
yeah. practicing Catholics. It's a very traditional thing. No, I get that. I can respect. Yeah, I get, like, even if you're not really super practicing, like, it's kind mm-hmm. of, it's almost a tradition mm-hmm. rather than, like, a preference. But I mean, like, aside from my cousins, because both of my cousins that have gotten married recently had, you know, very traditional Catholic weddings. Um, I think a lot of my, like, friends, I don't know, are particularly looking for... Like, I can't imagine that Trinity and Kyle are going to have a priest officiate their wedding. I don't know who's doing theirs. Not sure. I just, like, not to make assumptions or anything, but no. I know I know Trinity is super Jewish. Yeah. So, oh. it'd be kind of odd. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. But, I yeah. The like justice of the peace. Yeah. Or what have you. I think my parents got married that way. They didn't have a priest. I mean, obviously, my dad's Jewish. Mm-hmm. So... What kind of wedding did they have? I think they had a country club wedding with a with a justice or mm-hmm. you know some somebody official like that. Yeah, I'm I'm officiating my sister's wedding. Are you? Yeah, she uh, she asked me the other day. Oh, that's cool. Like I don't know, maybe a couple weeks ago or whatever. Are but you when, gonna have to write up the service and everything? Or I assume of, I get. Yeah. I mean, like when her husband gets back from Iraq and they have like an actual ceremony because mm-hmm. they're married, but. Yeah they're going to have a ceremony when he comes back, but, um, she, they, you know, cause he's away, but yeah. they asked me to officiate. So that's I'm going to, s- honor. That's, yeah, I'm really excited cool. about it. I'm going to start with the uh, line from princess bride. Yeah. <laughs> just like, probably, I don't know how many people are going to get it, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to get up there. Marriage <laughs> is what brings us together today. Jess's brother actually did that at our rehearsal. We got a few laughs, so I think it's gonna be funny. Yeah, like she asked me that and then walked away, and I like, I was at my parents and I just like ran into my mom's room and I was like, "Don't let me forget this is what I want to do for the opening of Leah's wedding." Yeah, yeah, it's a classic. So I think anyone who understands will enjoy it. Yeah, very much so. Really excited. Hopefully, she doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> then it'll be ruined. <laughs> But that's going to be really cool. Um, When I went to, um, one of Lindsay's best friends got married, and we went out to somewhere, Kansas, Kansas for the wedding, Mm -hmm. and her, um, not not Lindsay's, her friend Courtney, her brother officiated, and so that was cool. So I'm excited about it. It's good. It's good. Keeping the family. Mm Mm-hmm. So I went and saw um, Mother last night, or Tuesday night. Yeah, no, last night. I don't know what days are anymore. Yeah. Went and saw Mother last night. I loved it. Who stars in Mother? Jennifer Lawrence, Uh Javier Bardem, Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer, Mm. and it's directed by Darren Aronofsky. Okay. Pretty good, though? Yeah. Amazing. So amazing. And then it's like, I mean, don't listen to, the, don't read any reviews on it because all the reviews like hate it. Yeah, hate it. What are the big complaints? I don't even know. Like, I just know that most people that's like people have been walking out of the theater. Like Lindsay and I went with our friend Aria, mm-hmm. um, who had previously gone with Cody, and but she wanted to see it a second time. So the three of us went, and she said that the first time. Or no, Hurry Cody saw it, like, they ended up being by themselves. 
but she had been hearing that people had been like getting up and leaving the theater uh and a lot i've seen a lot of articles talking about how terrible it is and yeah. all that kind of stuff i thought it was brilliant hmm. it's so good because uh, you watch it, and, like, I I knew that I liked it right when it was over, yeah. but I wasn't entirely sure, like, why. And then we started talking about it, and we started talking about all the metaphors, and we watched, like, a YouTube analysis of it, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, and it's just like, <gasps> oh my god, mm-hmm. you know, it's so good, and... It all seems so obvious, like, when you're told what everything is, yeah. it seems so much more obvious, which is why it's, like, I want to go see it again as well, to to go into it knowing what I know, and then also try to pick out more things. But I think, like, the general metaphor that is kind of like what I would imagine the consensus is, yeah, is really good, but I think that a lot of people can get a lot of different things out of it, out of the way it's portrayed. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a lot of metaphors about just being an artist in yeah. general. Um, you know, there's metaphors for, like, toxic relationships and things like that, but when the supposed intention of the movie is explained, then it's like it makes a lot of sense. It's really cool. Mm. I really don't, uh, I think I saw one trailer for it, and I can't tell you exactly what the, uh, what they're trying to get across with it. I, I can't remember any sort of plot that was shown. There's not, think, really. So. There's not a lot of plot in the trailer. There's, <clears throat> yeah. it's what, it's a movie that the plot only reveals itself as it's happening. Okay. So I actually, you know, watching horror movies a lot i'm just like oh this is all like this is awesome mm-hmm. this is such a cool movie whatever um but watching this movie i actually had i had like an emotional reaction where i was like confused and then i was like mad that mm-hmm. i didn't know what was going on and then like it makes you feel you know it made me feel a little uncomfortable at times like mm-hmm. just you know not uncomfortable because I was like, wow, this is really extreme. Yeah. But uncomfortable and like, I wouldn't want to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I can relate to, you know, that. Um, just it, it really like, there's a lot of really close up shots of Jennifer Lawrence's face. Um, a lot of scenes that are like one shot things that kind of follow her for a few minutes and it'll like get real close on her face and then back up and show where she's going and then kind of like zoom in again and back up as she like moves through this house. And so like the movie like really focuses in on Jennifer Lawrence and so you really identify with like how she's feeling and then all of the things going on around her start to affect you as well. You're just like, oh my God, why is this happening? Like yeah. that needs to stop and it's not stopping and it's really stressing me out. So, it's just, like, it's so good. Seems like one that you wouldn't have to watch, like, an IMAX or anything, so maybe I'll check it out over here mm-hmm. at the $5 show. Mm-hmm. Still very nice that we have $5 cinemas nearby. We went on we went on Wednesday because it's bargain night at the green. Oh, yeah. So, it was only, like, 5 50 
it's good. Even uh, and then bargain night at the Cinema XD or whatever mm-hmm. in Miamisburg is only like six twenty five, and you get the recliner seats and everything. So that's that's always a good time. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, I think we're gonna try to go on Tuesday again to see it. I still want to go and watch it a third time. I'll go with you because I'd like to see it a fourth time. Then I'm going to have to see it without you so I can get caught up. <laughs> caught up. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it into a war. Such a good movie. Man, it was so good. I talked to somebody that didn't like it. Really? And I was like... I've seen a few people like on some horror groups on Facebook where people just like pop in. It's like, the 1990 version is so much better. Nope. And it's like, well, how? Like, Don't say Tim Curry's performance <clears throat> either. Like, you can't, like... I can't, I you can't even, like, the, the person that I talked to that didn't like it said that, uh, <laughs> she said that, like, the characters were good, but they had zero chemistry with each other. What? I was just like, you fucking kidding me? What? Like, who has chemistry then? I was like... <laughs> That's literally what makes the whole, the kids are what make the entire movie. Yeah. They're the reason the movie's good. I understand, like, you know, everyone says that art is, like, what's well, like such a cliche. It's like, oh, art's so subjective. It's just 100% subjective. And it's like, well, I don't think it is. Because I think you can be wrong. <laughs> I think that, that what she said is just wrong. Yeah. To say that those kids had no chemistry together, are you kidding me? Like right. what, that if you're gonna throw out any criticism, I feel like there are just like an infinitude of criticisms that you would put before that because it's like it's not even there. Like I don't see how you could say that and really mean it. Did she go in, in depth as to how No. No, just they had no chemistry. They had no chemistry. I think I could I could read you the text message. Hold on, let me try and find it. That's it so wasn't that stupid. long ago. Such an absurd thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. She, but you never told me what you thought of it. And I was like, I saw it three times and I'm trying to go a fourth. If that tells you anything. And she was like, nobody agrees with me. I was like, Are you, what? She's like, hated it. So much. Uh, I thought the characters were solid individually, but there was no chemistry between them. I hated Pennywise. It wasn't even remotely creepy, and I didn't think it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Just like... What? Wow. So really hitting it from all angles. Yeah, didn't think it was funny. Like... I mean, when it wanted to be, it was hilarious. Yeah. What do you, do you know what these are, Mom? They're gazebos! <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you want out of a movie? I don't know, man. Did you ask her what her favorite movie is? I'd be interested to find out. Um, if you have not, you should you should just, <laughs> just shoot like, her a text. And be like, I'm just, just curious, what's your favorite movie of all time? Because I'd really like to... Well, we... St- uh, well, I mean, we st- when we... St- when we started talking, it was about Tarantino movies. Okay, so she likes Tarantino? Yeah. Which, like, I feel like the writing of it was Tarantino-level chemistry. 
Tarantino's got his own thing going on. He like, does. Where, where you have to imagine, like, okay, it's like, this is just how people are in, in, yeah. a, in the universe where Quentin Tarantino is God. Like, this is just how people talk to each other. Yeah. Like, because his dialogue is so good that it's like, you're kind of squinting at it. You're like, does anyone, did they really talk to each other this way? Because everyone, well, it's like a lot so of characters quippy. are so witty and quippy mm. and it's just like, it's great. It's entertaining. But you know that like, it takes a special mind to like put all of that together because you'd be hard pressed to find a group of people who just pull them off the street and they're going to interact with each other the way that people do in a Quentin Tarantino movie. My, my like, favorite reference to that is, and it, it's, you know, it's in like almost all of his movies, but my favorite one is obviously in Reservoir Dog, the very, the opening scene. And I just think there's something magical about like the first scene of the first movie that Tarantino ever directed. And I think that that scene like sets the bar mm-hmm. for his entire career yeah. because it's just like seven guys who are all gangsters and mobsters sitting around a table bullshitting about Madonna yeah. and what Like a Virgin is about, yeah. you know? And just the way that they talk to each other throughout that whole thing yeah. is just... You just imagine, you're like, yeah, gangsters and mobsters would talk like that. Yeah. You know? So brilliant and genius. So I guess, like, the... I don't know. If you get on board with that, I feel like you'd... I don't know. It's just... I'm trying to figure out how to put this. It's like you're seeing characters who kind of have some sort of mental agility sparring with each other. You know? And you see that to, a, I would say, a lesser degree in It. Yeah. But it's still like... The exchanges are quick, you know? characters are smart so i think that's it is like it's not so much that it's not realistic in some sense it's just that you know you happen to zero in on the right group in that case because you can imagine another group of kids again totally realistic that have absolutely nothing like that going on who hang out with each other every day but you're not getting that kind of like snappy comeback type of shoot with each other you know it's it's like well i feel like like when we hang out in a big group somebody there's there's like somebody's a richie it's not the same person yeah but at least every time something happens mm-hmm. somebody can be like oh that's what she said you yeah know? yeah and just like richie with the the beaver town like still is am i right boys <laughs> yeah. like yeah. His just like coming in with all of those jokes mm-hmm. all the time, like I feel like that's easily relatable. Yeah. Um and like I think that they're in a different sense, like Tarantino has um this dialogue that gives you a, a picture of like it's very uh witty and everything but it's very mature too mm-hmm. like these are hardened criminals in most of his movies yeah that you know talk like this but i think um in the same regard the kids in it work but instead of being hardened mature adults they are 
their um, innocence is heavily exposed. Yeah. Which is definitely something I think is lost in the first movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think I said it on the podcast before, um, the scene that I just quoted, Eddie calling his pills gazebos. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's in the heat of the moment, and he had, like, only heard the word placebo earlier in the day. Yeah. So, saying gazebo is just, for me, immediately grounded him as, like, an innocent child. Yeah. Who doesn't know what's going on, but he's still, like, tough enough and he's strong enough to realize something's wrong and he's Mm. gonna fix it. Yeah. You know? In his mind, he'd probably heard the word gazebo before. Right. But not very often. And maybe didn't, well, obviously didn't know what it meant. But it was there. Right. And he heard placebo. So it was like they got kind of fused together. Right. And then in the heat of the moment, it's just gazebo. Right. You know, that's what comes out. And And it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. But when you, yeah, when I got past the humor of that joke... Like I said, it just like I felt like that was one of the most effective times in the movie that laid the innocence of children like to bear completely mm-hmm. because he's so sincere yeah. when he says it. And I was just like you just don't even know. Mm-hmm. You don't know. But you but then, you know, the the beauty of all of the kids not knowing and then fighting anyways. Yeah. God, the movie's just so so goddamn good. <laughs> And that's what that whole thing is. It's like, by the end, they're not just little innocent kids anymore. Right. You know, they've they've faced that. And it's really the whole coming of age thing. I mean, it's not unique to it. It just did it really well. Yeah. Showing that transition from like, eh, la-di-da, we should be playing, you know, it's summertime. Because that's the very immature and innocent way of looking at life it was like well it's this time of the year so i shouldn't have to deal with any problems and it's like well sorry but that's not the way it works yeah there'll be plenty of times in your life when you should be just enjoying yourself and then well here comes your own personal pennywise that you have to deal with and you're forced to so it's i mean i yeah we could probably do a whole a whole other show about it and then some we should probably not because i know we already did it is what it is yeah so but seriously like if you guys out there like haven't seen that movie yet even if you're not a fan of horror like sit through it like Mm -hmm. force yourself to sit through it you know because it's just it is near i think it's near perfect as far as chemistry goes i do too as far as like well, I can't imagine the movie being made any better than it was. No, so, I don't think they should ever try to make it again. No, I hope they don't. I hope we're not in, like, 2050, and it's like, they're going to remake the it again. Yeah. And the kids are going to be growing up in 2020. And, no, just... Just keep it. That's, just let it's this one... so good. Yeah. Um... I was about to say something and then I forgot. You watching any good shows right now? I don't watch TV. Well, I'm Netflix. I mean, no, going that's through what I mean. Any, oh, like no TV, shows, TV at no all. Shows. Like, I just... I used to know if you were, like, in the middle of a binge of something or... It was like, I try... Like, I don't even... I, honestly, I don't even really try that hard. But it's like... 
I don't I don't spend as much time at home as like I sort of thought I would living with my grandma. Yeah. I'm never there long enough to like watch a TV show. I I don't know. I just can't I can't binge anything. I just watch every time I get every time I open Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or HBO movie. Yeah. It's a movie. But you'll watch Stranger Things when it comes on, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'll watch Stranger Things because I watched the first season. Yeah. If I had missed the first season of Stranger Things for some reason, Mm -hmm. there's a good chance I wouldn't watch the second season because I'm like, well, there's two seasons now. I'm so far behind. I'm not even going to fuck with it. (laughs) I'd love for you to get in on Walking Dead so we can talk Uh, about Walking Dead. I know. That's one that I'm like, I should watch that. And then I just like never do because I'm like, man, I have to start probably all the way over i could maybe start restart season three and Mm -hmm. go from there probably rather start all the way over but then i have to watch seven seasons of shit to be caught up and i'm just like "Eh." american horror story i never watched roanoke Mm -hmm. season six and now they're on to season seven and i'm just like well guess that one got away from me like well but you know like, I know you work quite a bit, but yeah, I do. what are you doing outside of work? Because you said you're not spending as much time at home as you thought you would. You're just, it's just almost, almost every night. I'm just like something. Going, going out and something. doing something? Yeah. Like, uh, every Tuesday is dinner with the family. And then every Thursday is podcast and band stuff. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. It's just like. I'm just out somehow, some way. Very rarely. Uh, it's been fairly consistent that I hang out with Zam on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that really only leaves me with like Wednesday, Friday, Saturday to fill. And that's not too hard because a lot of people go out on Friday and Saturday. Um, this week in particular, for example... I hung out with Zam on Monday, family dinner was Tuesday, and then I went out with Nick Hallie afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, Wednesday, I went to see Mother, and then hung out with Lindsay. Today, I'm here. Tomorrow, I'm going to see Golgo Bordello mm-hmm. um, at Bogart's. Saturday, I'm going out with my friend Carrie for her birthday. I'm just not home enough to, like... You have Netflix on your phone? No. Why not? I because I don't know. Like I when when would I watch Netflix on, on lunch break? I'd hang out with Nick Halley on lunch breaks. Mm. Well, just really social, man. <laughs> <laughs> social fucking butterfly, brother. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I took a personality test one time, and I have that one personality. I think it's ENFP. And that personality is just like we'll talk to anybody, <laughs> and that's what I fucking do, man. I'll just yeah. like talk to anybody well that's that's how we became friends painting it is the old shop yeah you know because oh. i don't care yeah i'll finish it i'll wait for you i won't open this beer yet i'm not that guy really i don't mind being social and people have said it before where it's like oh you're so quiet i'm like well no i'm not really it's just i feel like I want to be a little more, uh, I like to survey the scene, so to speak, and get to, like, 
I like to take observation of the people I'm going to be interacting with first. Some people, it sounds like you are more apt to just jump right in. Pretty and, much. And it sometimes is people take offense to it. And it's like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to act like I'm above talking to anyone. It's just like, I don't want to, because you do it very well. Some people have that same personality, but they're not, they're not as skilled. They're not nimble navigators, if you will. And they, they jump right in, they try and dominate. And I don't want to do that for sure. So it's like, I would rather have a good footing before I get involved because anyone who knows me personally, it was like, well, Nick's not really quiet, so to speak. I'm not a quiet person. It's not like I'm shy. Look at the fucking <laughs> shit I do on stage, you know? Right, right. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. I just don't want to be a douche. Right. So it's like, uh, yeah, I like to kind of get a feel of the people that I'm, I'm around, especially if it's like a new group or something. And then it's like, okay, well, now I kind of have a read on who these people are and what they're going to tolerate. And I don't, I would think that would be something people would prefer as opposed to the dude who just busts in and then tries to put the spotlight on himself and impress a whole new group of people. Because usually when people do that, they end up, you know, making enemies as opposed to making friends. So, I don't know. Personality types, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see what yours is. Because I know, like, mine is obviously, it's, I think it's... I don't know, Ian something, ENFP yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, super outgoing. We'll talk to anybody. Doesn't And I will. Like, I'll, I'll talk to the fucking clerk at Speedway, you yeah. know, for minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll just, like, you... I think that that's... I think it's good. I don't necessarily, like... Well, over the years, I've become better because I've I've consciously focused on it. I used to be much more introverted than I am now. And I think some people use the fact that they're, well, they take a test like that, and it's like, well, I'm an introvert, so I'm just going to fuck off and not talk to people. It's like, well, I don't think that's what it's trying to say. It's like, where are you? That's trying to give you an uh, an idea of where you are right now so that you can, like, examine yourself and be like, well, is this something that I'm cool with or would I like to be a little more sociable? Because I think oftentimes people who are introverts... They have a desire and they're bummed out because they would like to be able to talk to people. It's just that they don't. Mm-hmm. And then to do that and to change requires going outside your comfort zone. And you do have to have some awkward interactions because you're learning a new skill, basically. You know, socialization, socializing in a public setting and stuff with new people, that's, if you're not used to it, it really is a skill that you have to learn. And usually, in any field, whatever it is, you suck when you start out at something you don't know how to do. So you have to be able to weather the storm of that initial, like, awkward phase where it's like, oh, fuck, I just made an ass of myself tonight and they probably hate me. And it's like, Mm. well, maybe they do, but you're going to be okay if you keep trying. There's there's somebody we both know that is basically going going through that exact process right now. trying to learn how to be more sociable, um, trying to be less like, you know, when you finish with a social interaction, all right, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. All that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's a, I can tell you, it's a daunting task. It is, yeah. You know, 
there for the the journey and it's it can be daunting but i don't know i think in in that regard like as uh, supportive as i am you know because i obviously am very um but i'm also at times just like a little grateful just for myself that like I probably get it from my mom because mm-hmm. she does that. She'll just talk to anybody. And yeah. The the person ringing her out at the at the grocery store or like whoever it is, mm-hmm. like she'll just talk to anybody. And I don't think I was always like that, but now, you know, like I, I stayed it. I went to nostalgia the other week and I stayed for like thirty minutes just talking to Tom. Yeah. You know, the guy at uh, the smoke shop. Uh, Hussein, mm-hmm. I will stay and talk to him for like 10, 15 minutes, you know, and all he's ever done for me is ring me out when I buy shisha for a hookah. Mm-hmm. That's it. That is our entire interaction, but I'll still hang out and like tell him, you know, what's going on with you, man? Yeah. Oh, this is what's going on with me. Like, I don't care. Well, it's good though. Yeah. It's just It just makes you more connected to people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think the more people that you can have uh, meaningful relationships with, the better. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about things of a deep nature. It's just like even if you shoot the shit about, you know, what you smoked last time you bought Shisha or right. which comics you're reading. It's what like, video games you're playing. Yeah. Well, that's the type of stuff people make instant connections over you know like my friend jason i uh i became friends with him and my other friend chris in a science class that we had in ninth grade because i heard them talking about shenmue that i was Mm. playing on dreamcast Mm -hmm. and it was like oh shit these other kids are playing shenmue because like no one fucking talked about that game right but then i heard them and it's like this silly thing brings you together and it's like oh man that's cool so stuff like that it's It may seem meaningless on the surface, but I think it's very meaningful when you get down to it because that that can lead into some pretty profound relationships. And uh, so it's like, well, where I am right now, I would say that whole like surveying thing, that's, I would say if I had to put it on like a, you know, like it's part of a journey to become more sociable well, as you continue doing that, then I think you get better at picking up on cues. So then maybe if you keep making the effort to be a more social creature, it doesn't take you as long to read people. Mm-hmm. And then you can more skillfully jump in. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't require you like an hour of silence before you make the first move because you'll get used to seeing things on a subconscious level and then you'll just know the next time you enter a new group. And it's like, oh, this is this is a type of group where I should jump in and say this at this time and it's going to be well received and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it is, it's a, uh, I think it's something that you just have to do mm-hmm. unfortunately. And it sucks that, uh, well, there's almost like a, especially online, it seems like there's a, a movement to almost champion being socially awkward and to be proud of it in a way. And I think that keeps people stuck there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that might be kind of funny while you're posting memes online, but then when you go out and you feel like you wasted the whole night because you sat there and you didn't say anything and you were scared because, oh, what if they think this of me or that? And it's like, 
you take two steps into a bar and then turn around and go home and turn on Netflix because you didn't want to get embarrassed and then you're just you're still miserable so mm-hmm. might as well take a chance you know yeah definitely all right well we're gonna do uh Southern Tears Pumpkin Imperial Pumpkin yeah beer me part two tonight yeah. another another two parter this beer we we probably did this on the show before probably. But this is a this is a good one. Um, I uh, let's see. There you go. Thank you. I was turned on to this beer by my old manager at GameStop, Aaron Pierce. Have you ever met Aaron? He works with Steph at uh, the Apple Store. He has glasses. Kind of tall, skinny guy. That. For some reason, that name sounds really familiar. I know a Zach Pierce. Yeah. Probably no relation, but Aaron Pierce. No, I I don't think I've ever met him. No? Probably not. Maybe if I pull up a picture on my phone. Yeah, if you pull up a picture, I'll, I'll be able to tell you if I have or not. That guy? You ever seen him? No. No? Okay. Well... He told me about the pumpkin. It was like his favorite pumpkin beer. So really? I picked it up one time and I was like, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Super good. Yeah. It's imperial. Mm-hmm. Ale brewed with pumpkin and natural flavor added. Brewed with two varieties of hops and two types of malt. That's how you know it's going to be good. When mm-hmm. they start talking about malt, because IPA has never talked about malts. No, they're, they're, they're the devil. The devil. <laughs> Plus, this is 8.6 alcohol by volume. Yeah. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. A little higher than normal. It's got a, I like the Pumpkin logo, too. Yeah, I do, too. Good it's, packaging. It's very nice. And and the the bats. Mm-hmm. I was just, just looking at those. There are some, uh, some, like, shadows of bats against the, uh, orange backdrop of the label. And, uh, cheers! goes down so easy yeah it's good it's good ass beer yeah it's good um when pumpkin beers do it right it's like it's not like you were it's not like someone threw a pumpkin at your face you know it's just right (laughs) it's just a subtle earthy tone like a real pumpkin yeah like a real pumpkin because pumpkins aren't sweet no, it's not like it's not like they poured a pumpkin spice latte into a beer bottle. No, it's it's just it's just a nice. It's light, but mm-hmm. it's earthy, and it's you know, uh, it's just, just really flavorful. Mm-hmm. So good, it just tastes like fall. Yeah, there's if you I I don't know if it's because I'm already a little buzzed, but if you I've only taken one sip, and just letting it kind of sit in my mouth, you know, and just like, you get that sort of aftertaste, I think, uh, you get a little bit of cinnamon towards the very, very end of it. Yeah. You know, it it almost gives you a little bit of, uh, tingle in your mouth, just that spice, that tiny bit uh, of spice, spice hints through. An autumnal tingle. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Pum. It's pum- 
Pum King. Pum King, not there's Pump no, King. There's no P. Like because in, I feel like Pump King would would uh, give you a different kind <laughs> of a image. <laughs> I thought about that when I was looking at uh, the Rumpkin. Rumpkin. It's, it is Rumpkin, I think. Isn't no, it? it's Rump. Is it Rump? It is Rumpkin. rumpkin. Yeah. So, <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nice butt. Nice rump. It's a butt beer. Butt beer. <laughs> so good, though. It is. Rump. Pumpkin. Pumpkin. It's like our video for Dream Team. It's full yeah. of pumpkins. Uh, I'm really disappointed that more people haven't liked that yet. People are stupid. I think they're afraid. I finally started plugging the channel in Monster Movies. Oh, today. yeah? Today was the first time that I was like, by the way, subscribe to the Super Divorce channel. I called it our mother channel. Yeah. I was like... Monster Movies is a part of that, and, you know, mm-hmm. that's Super Wars is my band, so, you know, just make sure to subscribe if you want all the updates from Monster Movies. I tried to, obviously, because of my show, I tried to skew it towards, like, if you like Monster Movies, yeah. subscribe to this channel so you can keep watching Monster Movies. Yeah. But, hopefully, like, the after effect is that if people subscribe, it you'll still get notifications about the band, and yeah. people might, you know, watch things like that and get into it, but... Well, that was the idea of putting that on there. Mm-hmm. It's like, because then, well, we've got like 53 subscribers right now. Which is more than we have. We've gone up a little bit. We have. I mean, I think just a couple months ago, we were still in like the 20s. Yeah. And so we're like, it's slowly, slowly climbing. And that's not something that I've been like promoting, right. really. It's uh, There's been nothing where it's like, hey, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's just like... You know, people have been watching stuff and subscribing to it, so that's good. Yeah. But anyone who's subscribed will get a notification anytime, like, a new Monster Movies goes up. Even if they didn't subscribe for that reason, right? they'll still see that little ding, you know. Mm-hmm. So they'll get more eyes on y'all. Yeah. It's such a fun show. Yeah. I was going to run this by and see what you think. Yeah. So, um, the, uh... The WWE has filed a lawsuit against the Young Bucks, okay. or they sent them a cease and desist letter telling them that they were not allowed to do this anymore. The Too Sweet? Yeah. Because? Because they apparently think they own it. The WWE thinks they own Too Sweet, mm-hmm. but Young Bucks invented it? They didn't invent it. The person that invented it, well... It goes back to, like, the early 90s, really. Uh, do you know who X-Pac is? Have nope. you seen him before? Nope. Okay, well, he was friends with, like... I'm sure you know Shawn Michaels. You've yeah. seen him. Yeah. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. He was friends with Shawn Michaels, and have you heard of Kevin Nash or Scott Hall? I've heard of. I feel like if you showed me them and you were like, this is Kevin Nash, I'm like, okay. Yeah. 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 They were... Like, behind the scenes, they were, like, the four of them and Triple H. Okay, I did Triple H for sure. Back in the day, they had, behind the scenes, a group, they called themselves The Click. And they kind of, like, a lot of people hated them because they were the ones kind of pulling the strings. And they would kind of tell Vince how to book the show. And they had a lot of weight. It was very, 
dramatic, you know, a lot of politicking going on. And so anyone who's worked a job can relate, you know, usually there's like people who have influence with the manager. That's what they were. Right. And, uh, and they call themselves a clique and X-Pac, Sean Waltman, um, he was also known as the one, two, three kid early in his career. He apparently got this hand signal, the gesture, the too sweet from like a, I think it was like a, some gang in Europe that did this like as a, a sign of solidarity. Hmm. And he said, we should start doing that with each other, you know? And so they would do this as like a secret handshake or whatever. Uh-huh. And then when, uh, when Kevin Nash and Scott Hall left the WWF to go to WCW in the late 90s, they formed the NWO, which you've probably heard of. I've heard of NWO. And that was part of WCW. Okay. So it was totally separate. But still, when Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and 123Kid, he was also called Six in WCW, they'd come out on TV... And they do the two sweet. And then you'd also see Shawn Michaels, who was still in WWF, come out and he'd throw this up. And it was kinda like they were they were saying hi to each other in a way, even though they weren't supposed to have this interaction. You right. know? Fans in the know knew what was going on. It's like, oh, they're friends, they're saying hi to each other or whatever. Like Carol Burnett squeezing her ear for her daughter. Right, exactly. Yeah. So a little secret handshake type of stuff. Well when when the WWF bought WCW in the early 2000s, they like they got all of that. They got the NWO, and they got all those characters, and they own the rights to everything now. So they also are saying that because the NWO kind of made this and saying too sweet, um, they kind of brought that to prominence. It was a big part of their gimmick, you know. So Vince is saying they own that. And it's like gimmick infringement. And so even though the Bullet Club has been doing this, the Bullet Club's basically kind of like a... They took a lot of inspiration from the NWO. Uh-huh. And they've been doing this and too sweet in each other or whatever for the past however many years. But just a couple days ago, the Young Bucks, they do this web series called Being the Elite which is like a YouTube show that they do behind the scenes with like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and some other guys from the Bullet Club. And um, and they did this episode that just aired where they were outside of, uh, they were in the parking lot of like where Monday Night Raw was taking place. And they had a big group of fans in the parking lot. And they were kind of poking fun at WWF or WWE. And then they posted this online and like the next day, WWE hit them with a cease and desist letter saying that you cannot use the too sweet hand gesture anymore. Mm-hmm. And so now it's kind of up in the air as to what's going on. And mm-hmm. I think it's a little silly. Yeah, no, it seems to me that uh, WWF just didn't like being made fun of and was like well fine we're gonna take away this thing from you yeah you know that's what like they didn't give two shits right they didn't give two shits that the young bucks were running around doing too sweet Mm -hmm. until the young bucks 
poked fun at them. Yeah. And then they were like, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, we're, we're the bosses. You can't poke fun at us. Right. Just like when, you know, in my limited knowledge, it seems like just like when CM Punk had a bunch of gripes mm-hmm. and they were like, all right, well, you're fucking fired. Mm-hmm. So if you want, just gripe all you want on the microphone. Yeah. And he got on the microphone and he sat down Indian style and just griped and griped and griped about what goes on behind the scenes. And then they cut the mic on him. Yeah. And he just like left, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like, yeah, they just are like, you can do whatever you want unless you make fun of us yeah and then you're gonna pay for it yeah but it seems stupid to me because that wasn't something that they invented for like anything on screen if it came if it was like something that was thought up by like a a european gang there's like a european gang sign that then someone brought back to the u.s for use amongst their personal friends who on tv were at that point like, still supposed to hate each other. Like, the average fan didn't know Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, who was Scott, Scott Hall in real life. They, were like, had a feud on screen. Okay, I know who Razor Ramon is. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's Scott, Scott Hall. Hall. Yeah. Okay. But they were, like, super best friends behind the scenes in real life. And on the show, it was like, oh, they hate each other. Uh-huh. People didn't know that. It's not like they were going out and then, like, too sweet in each other. And it was a big part of WWF programming in the in the mid-90s. Like, no one knew what the fuck that was. But it was something they made up for their personal group of friends. And Scott Hall actually um, gave his blessing to the Bullet Club and said he thought it was cool that they were all using this hand gesture to each other. And uh-huh. that it was, like, continuing on to a new generation. And um, so it's, like, the guys who actually brought it to prominence or cool with it but vince is like butthurt because he was getting made fun of is vince is vince liked in the in the community in the wrestling community yeah he's seen as like a visionary for certain things but he's also seen as someone who's become very like rigid and set in his own ways so he's not willing to change with the times right so like what worked well, he's not even doing what worked years ago because in the attitude era, as you call it, in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was very controversial. A lot of kids weren't even allowed to watch wrestling. But then they went public, and they're like publicly traded, so they've got all these sponsors now, and they had to downgrade their programming to like TV PG or whatever. And so they're not really pushing the envelope like they did at one point. And I think it really waters things down. What's the difference between seeing like a horror movie that's rated R and then one that's rated PG-13? You know, it's like, well, we want to appeal to a wider audience or something like that. So they call what what's going on right now the PG era because it's like, well, you you can't do that. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's just like so much of that kind of stuff, and it's really made things kind of boring for adults uh-huh. in a lot of ways so yeah people people hate him for different reasons but he seems to be a little petty and it just seems it just seems like he's not making a lot of good decisions mm. well you know about the whole roman reigns thing 
you know, just how, that how hard they're pushing Roman to be a hero, yeah, or a face, yeah, and he's not. He's and, just like, and they, I mean, they've tried so hard to get him over with the fans, and it's like they had The Rock come out and raise his hand, and like people still booed the shit out of him, and then they just did this recent feud where Cena came in to feud with Roman to put him over, and it's like. I'm just like, I know if you're not a lifelong wrestling fan, this, this probably sounds stupid, but it's like, in their match, you know a finishing maneuver. Yeah. Well, Cena hit his, like, four times, and Roman kicked out every time. And then he hit his finisher off the top rope, and Roman kicked out. And then, then there was, like, one reversal, and Roman hit his finisher once, and then pinned Cena, and that was the end. And it was like, that was John Cena. And this was supposed to be like the match where he passes the torch, so to speak. And he gets up and does the same thing and raises Roman's hand and like points to him. And he's like, yeah, this is the guy. And the place is just like booing the shit out of him. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like, it's not happening. Like, yeah, like how, like, I just don't understand. I mean, I and I, I assume that's what the frustration with wrestling fans is. But like, I don't even watch wrestling that often. And I'm just like, I hear these stories, and I'm like, I don't understand if the fans just continually, show after show after show after show, they just keep booing Roman Reigns. Why? Why are you trying so hard to push him over? Why do you have to have him, why do you have to have The Rock support him? Why do you have to have him beat John Cena? Has he beaten um, Brock Lesnar? Um... No, he's he had a match with Lesnar, but that was where Seth Rollins cashed in his money in the bank and came down and got in that match and then ended up winning. Seth so, Rollins won. Yeah, it was. Has he feuded with like Goldberg or like I? Because I no, mean, my, I know Goldberg has been back here and there. Yeah, he's he's kind of he might come back at some point. The idea I feel like that I leaked last year after WrestleMania was that this whole year they're going to be building up to um, Reigns beating Lesnar clean, which means without any interference or anything. So they say they want it it to be his big moment. And he's already main evented three WrestleManias in a row. And they want this year to be the year that he beats Brock Lesnar clean in the main event to win the championship. And people are just like, please don't fucking do that. That's the... One thing that none of us want, you know, and it's just like, wow, you're going to fucking like him. It's like, imagine if George Lucas, after the after episode one, was like, they're going to love Jar Jar. Yeah. He's going to be the hero of this entire prequel series. And then, like, Jar Jar becomes, like, a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. And, like... Like, it's not it's not Anakin and Obi-Wan facing off on Mustafar. It's Anakin and Jar Jar, like, fighting. Yeah, that's exactly, that's the best reference. Yeah. That's exactly how, again, as as only a casual fan, yeah. that's exactly how hard they push Roman Reigns. It's like, everybody hates Jar Jar, but it doesn't matter. We're going to throw him in your face. Like, at least for Lucas, like, at least... Jar Jar came out, kids loved him, the adult fans hated him, and then by the third movie, at least you're able to, or the second movie, 
you're able to blame the Clone Wars on Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're just kind of like, we all fucking hate Jar Jar, and and you don't really have a reason. But George Lucas was just kind of like, all right, fine. <laughs> he Jar Jar is going to move to give Supreme Chancellor uh, Palpatine full uh, dictator power. Yeah, and then. He does that, everybody agrees, and then the Clone Wars start. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, well, that's fucking Jar Jar's fault. <laughs> yeah. Because Queen Amidala is the representative, but she told Jar Jar to make decisions while she's gone. Mm-hmm. And he decided to start the Clone Wars. Yeah. Like, at least there's, like, something damning about him. Yeah. But as, as far as Roman Reigns is concerned, they're just like, you don't like him? Tough. Yeah. Like, you have to fucking like yeah. him. Yeah. It's because your kids like him, don't they? Oh, okay, well, then fuck you all, yeah. you know? And that's what Lucas could have done. Yeah. Like, oh, well, the kids like... The kids like, like Jar Jar. Yeah, you're just you're just jaded assholes who don't like me anymore because I, I touched up the original trilogy, you know? I did like Jar Jar when I was a kid. Did you? Because mm-hmm. the movie I, I came think out... I, was, I think I was just old enough to where I thought he was lame. The movie came out when I was, like, 12 years old. So yeah. I saw it, and I thought it was hilarious. You know, I just, I didn't care. I thought it was funny. Something about it from the very beginning, like I, and I wasn't a lifelong Star Wars fan either, but I saw the original trilogy when they re-released them at theaters. I saw a couple. I think I saw one or two of the three. I might have only seen Jedi when they re-released them. Because at the time, that was my favorite. Mm -hmm. But I recall what you're... I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, like, I didn't have a lot of... I didn't have much skin in the game, so to speak. But I had, like, enough to form an opinion. And I knew going in, like, when I watched episode one, I was like, something's, like, really... It just doesn't feel the same. You know? It just Mm -hmm. felt much different and didn't feel as cool. Didn't have that kind of grittiness to it, I guess. And see, mm-hmm. for me, as a kid watching it, I just felt the complete opposite. Like, yeah. I didn't care, or I didn't notice the grittiness watching the original trilogy. Yeah. So when episode one came out, like, I was just like, cool, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all yeah. I cared about. It was yeah. that it was more Star Wars. Yeah. Because I think I remember, you know, even being a kid, being like, well, these three movies are all I'm ever going to get. Yeah. And then the announcement for episode one comes out, and as a 10 or 11 year old, I was just like mind blown. I was like, there's going to be a new Star Wars movie? Mm-hmm. Like, while I'm alive? Yeah. Because you, I just watched the first three. Like, that's all I ever did. I, only, I watched Return of the Jedi, like, all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. I even loved the retouched versions because that's what I had on VHS. And I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know what there were original versions and there were whatever. You know, because at the beginning of all of those tapes, there was like a 20-minute, 10, 20-minute documentary, which I honestly think influenced how I feel about movies and how I just like enjoying documentaries, being able to enjoy them. Uh, but there were like 10 to 20 minute special features Yeah. at the beginning of all of these tapes. And I remember thinking to myself, 
they would be like, well, you know, there's this scene here, and originally there were puppets and la da and this is what we did, but now with modern technology, we're able to make this out of it, you know, yeah. and they show, like, the digital creatures or whatever, and as a kid, I was just like, duh, like, why wouldn't you do that? Hello, like, <laughs> the original effects are terrible compared to these great CGI, you know, characters you're able to create. Yeah. That's what I thought as a kid. So I never had, it wasn't until I got much older that I gained an appreciation for the original cuts of the movies and everything. Um, but yeah, I, again, I think episode one came out right at a time where I was just like, holy shit, there's an episode one. I can't even believe it. You know, like, and then, I, lo- I thought Jar Jar was just, like, hilarious. I thought he was so funny. And I think, in a way, I've actually thought about this recently. Because I was talking to somebody. It might have been Sid. I was talking to somebody, and they were talking about how Jar Jar was great because he was, like, God, he was almost like a beacon of hope mm-hmm. in... A galaxy where like everything was going to shit at least there was one character who was happy yeah. like no matter what um he just always made the best of every situation always was making a joke about every situation mm-hmm. like that kind of thing there was a character that just had a completely positive outlook on what was going on except you know Despite the fact that the world, the galaxy was going to shit, war yeah. was impending, all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but uh, I lost my fucking point. How would you feel about them handing episode nine off to George Lucas to let him direct it? I don't think it would be a good idea at this point because I feel like Lucas has really checked out. I mean, obviously, he sold the whole franchise. I'm not mad about it. Like, I... You don't think part... I mean, can you imagine... You have to feel... I mean, that has to feel about as close to being God over a universe as a person can get. Uh Yeah. Because Star Wars is like... Is George Lucas is. No matter what. Like, no matter what... We wouldn't have what we have if it wasn't for him. And that's the one thing, like, everybody, you know, people gripe about what he did to their original trilogy, and people gripe about this, and they gripe about that. But at the end of the day, for me, I'm just like, yeah, but we wouldn't have any of it if it wasn't for him. Yeah. I'm kind of on board with the whole, well, this is the art of the people now. You can't just go changing it. But would you like to... I would like to see him have a chance to maybe redeem himself in that sense. To be like, okay, I've stepped away from it. I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy who let go of my baby and then had everyone worship J.J. Abrams for bringing back to life. And it's like, let me show you why this was my creation, and let me do that again. Like, maybe learning a little something about just the whole experience. And being like, okay, I understand that this is like a two-way street. It's not just my vision exclusively. 
I know you guys want certain things, and I'm going to give that to you, and I'm going to show you why I'm the best person to do it. You know, maybe... I don't know if Lucas feels that way. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he... Yeah, I, I just don't know if he feels that way. Like, if he... For somebody to go back and be like, well, these are my movies and I can change them at will. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, like, his he's changed his... I mean, I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, if he's changed his mind to this point where he's like, I've heard what you said. Mm-hmm. I understand where you're coming from. I'm going to give you what you're asking for, but I'm also going to give you what I want to put into this universe. Yeah. And I think, again, I think the biggest sort of argument against that is that he sold the franchise. Yeah. I'm not mad that he sold the franchise. Like, really, honestly, good for him. Yeah. You know? Um, I just feel like for those characters, he has to, in his mind, have an idea of how the story ends for Luke Skywalker. That's very personal to him. And I feel like that's more intriguing to me than how anyone else sees that story going i mean i always heard rumors that he had one two and three written and he had seven eight and nine written i heard stuff that he had 10 11 and 12 written you know that was always like my notion is that he had all of this stuff written uh or at least conceptualized yeah uh and kind of had it in a treasure box and it was, again, my understanding that when Disney bought Star Wars, they were given that treasure box mm. to open and to pick through okay. and whatever. That's what I, that was my understanding, mm-hmm. is that anything that George Lucas had that he hadn't done yet yeah. was allowed to be viewed and utilized by Disney. So... While I don't believe that Force Awakens was George Lucas's vision, mm-hmm. I really I don't know how much we don't really know how much conceptually was taken from what Lucas had envisioned. Has he not talked about it? I not that I'm not as big of a fan of Star Wars as I am. I'm not wholly invested in like the politics yeah of the franchise right i just love the franchise um i don't watch a lot of interviews i don't know i really don't know that he's talked much about star wars since quote-unquote retiring from Mm -hmm. it you know um or well since selling it yeah like i think he i think he's a great man i think he works a lot too i as far as i know he's currently working on establishing like an like an art museum, like an animation and movie production museum. As far as I know, it's going to be in Chicago. Mm. And it's a George, the George Lucas Museum for such and such. Um, that's the last thing I heard that he was like really working on. I feel like he wanted to do movies post-Star Wars. Mm-hmm. He did one, it's an animated movie. Was uh, that one that Thomas had that we looked at that one day? Or was that something different? Might have been something different. I would have like to look. A, I think feel like it had something with robots. I, I thought you said you had seen it. The one that's 
is called robots, where Ewan McGregor is like the main robot? No. I feel like it had like numbers and letters. Nine? No. It wasn't animated, I don't think. THX. Yeah, that was it. That's a Lucas movie. Okay. That's that... pre-Star Wars. That was pre-Star Wars? I believe so, was it? yeah. THX is pre-Star Wars. Uh, the only other movie, I guess aside from... Lucas had a hand in Indiana Jones, correct? Yeah, I think he was like the executive producer. producer. Spielberg was the director, but yeah. he was the producer. But his first big movie was like American Graffiti. That's what I was going to say, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like American Graffiti, and then THX, and then Star Wars, and then Indiana Jones. Mm. There's an animated movie that George Lucas directed post-Star Wars, like... He was just like, I'm not going to make Star Wars anymore. And then he did this animated movie. I'm pretty sure it flopped like hell. Mm. But that's like the last thing I know that he did cinematically. What was that? Uh, like 80s, 90s? 2000. Fairly recent. Really? I think so. I never saw it. You know what we haven't done in a while? What? I'll let you look that up. Strange Magic. Strange Magic. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Release date January twenty third, twenty fifteen. <clears throat> wow. Strange Magic. Evan Rachel Wood is in it, and Alan Cumming is in it. Maya Rudolph. Alfred Molina, who I feel like I've seen before. No, no, no. Hold on a second. Lucas had a hand in it, but he didn't fucking direct it. It was produced by Lucasfilm. Hmm. I'm sad LucasArts isn't around anymore. Story by George Lucas. Story. Okay. I know, LucasArts was dope. Did you ever play any adventure games when you were a kid? Like point and click? No. No? Oh man, they're so fun. But did they have, what it did, uh, did they do like Monkey Island? Yes. Yeah. Monkey Island, um, Sam and Max, Full Throttle. Oh, Sam and Max. I know Sam yeah. and Max. Grim Fandango, or Fandango, as uh, the wrestler likes to be called. Folks, we haven't done... Um, do you want this last one? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let me crack. Mm. Oh. I'm going to skip. Hello. You're live. On the... You're live on the Super Divorce Supercast. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you're not on speaker. I could try to put you on speaker, but my phone's been. Did that work? Hello. Hello. Okay. Yeah, it worked. You're on speaker on the Super Divorce Supercast. Okay. Oh, Say hi to everybody. Hi. This is I Lindsay. Just so y'all know. What's up? 
nothing. I was just leaving work and I forgot it was Thursday. Like every single week when I forget it's Thursday and call you during the podcast. Yeah, well, I just got your Snapchat and uh, it. I said it said you weren't gonna leave before 10 p.m. So you're like 40 minutes early. So at least that's good. Yeah, or so I wouldn't get home until 10 p.m. Oh well, I guess that's true but, then. Yeah, so it takes me like 30 minutes to get home. Yeah, I know. Oh well, it's okay. Do you want to hang out when I'm done with this? Sure. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, um, just so you know, we have recorded this whole conversation. Nick has been holding up the microphone to my phone so that you can be on it. So, uh, do you want to, do you want to promote yourself real quick and tell everybody if they can like follow you on social media? You can follow me on Instagram. It's art by Lindsay, Lindsay with an A. Lindsay with an A. Art by Lindsay. Art by Lindsay. Lindsay works at Jesse's Tattoo Shop, and she's fucking amazing. Spell it out. It's like Lind. Yeah. Say. L I N D S A Y. Art by Lindsay. Yeah, I guess there's like 500 ways to spell Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like Brittany. Just spell it yeah. the right way, and you'll be able to find me. It's okay. There you, there you go. Spell it the right way. All right, yeah. I'll. I'll call you when the podcast is over. Okay. <laughs> All right. Love you. Bye. Hey, love you, bye. All right. We haven't, um, well, I'm in the middle of this process of re-uploading, not re-uploading, but uploading for the first time to YouTube all mm-hmm. of our, our entire catalog of podcasts. Mm-hmm. So those are all there. And, uh. It's uh, the first. Our first podcast was uh, "Arrival of the TT Boys." <laughs> <laughs> that was the first one ever. Yeah, "Arrival, the arrival- of the TT Boys." That's trending topics. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought we'd take a look at some trending topics. Hugh Hefner died. He did. Hugh Hefner is gone at ninety-one years old. Do you think he was, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it seems a good possibility. Seems a good possibility. That I he haven't was. heard how he died, no. so... I mean, I just, I just feel like... I I feel like yesterday... He probably was in bed with a young lady. I would, I would imagine. <laughs> so... I, uh, you know, a lot of people have been... Not a lot. I'm not a lot. Take mm. that back. A couple people have posted about like, oh my god, I can't believe Hugh Hefner's gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't, it's not that I don't care. Like, the loss of somebody to their family is great. And I know, you know, Hugh Hefner, like, let's be honest, he like changed the world of porn. Well, not only that, he did a lot for the, uh, in the realm of free speech. The, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. Like, like I, yeah, you can honor the man. I get it. Yeah. But, like, the people that are posting about him, like, really? Like, I feel like most, you know, it's, it, maybe it's a huge assumption, but I feel like most of the people that are posting about, like, OMG, can't believe Hugh Hefner is gone, are just, like, jumping on the bandwagon, whereas, like, 
I wouldn't post that because I have never in my life bought an issue of Playboy. Well, I feel like that kind of comes up anytime someone famous dies. It's like... That people are just jumping on the bandwagon. Well, it's like when Prince died or, well, fuck, travel back to 2016, pick a day, someone yeah. was dying, you know? like Yeah. That, but then there would always be the, the social media shit show where everyone's posting about how much they love this person. It's like, well, they do. I mean, yeah. like, okay, they, but uh, so I get it, and he's... He had a he had a bit pretty big impact on culture in general. Yeah. Especially American culture. You know, and um I saw the comedian I think it was uh I think it was Richard Lewis, if you know who he is. Mm-hmm, I don't think so. He played um Did you ever see Robin Hood Men in Tights? I'm sure I have, but it's been a really long time. I can't remember watching the movie from start to finish. He was in that. That has also, Carrie Always, right? Yeah, he yeah he played Robin Hood. Uh, Richard Lewis coincidentally played King Richard in Robin Hood Men in Tights. They had kind of like black hair, kind of mulletish. He used to do the fucking cranberry juice commercials in like the early to mid '90s. He's on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's friends with Larry David. Never Whatever. He's okay. Okay. Well, he's 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 a very renowned comedian. Okay. But he he had posted something praising um, Hugh Hefner because of Hugh used to Playboy had a TV show back in like the sixties yeah. and seventies, I believe. Oh, they had another one with the the. The reality show. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Well, this was like a prime time type of show, almost kind of like a Tonight Show, hosted by Hugh Hefner, where a lot of like, you know, Frank Sinatra would go on there, and like all these like old school celebrities, and they also had the thing where they would allow comedians to go on. Okay. And he allowed them a little more leniency in what they were allowed to say, you know, and kind of took the brunt of it. Obviously, you'd imagine because of the type of business he was in of at that point, especially. Um, so uh, there's that aspect when, to it. When, back when Playboy was full nude. Yeah, yeah. They're not anymore. No, I, I heard they're not anymore. Which is, I feel like it's feel just like it's weird. Kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, it just goes completely against everything <clears throat> that like they stood for mm-hmm. forever. Now you're just all of a sudden you're going to be Maxim. Yeah. Like, come on, Playboy. Yeah. So I mean, I've I've. Aside from that, I have heard that, you know, like, the girls who live there have a pretty good life, I suppose, you know. So, it's like, um, and and some pretty famous women have gotten their start at the Playboy Mansion, you know. Maybe they're not, like, winning Academy Awards, but, you Still. know, Jenny McCarthy started out as a Playboy model, and Carmen Electra, um, I actually saw... The wrestler Matt Hardy, his wife, had just posted something thanking Hugh Hefner for like how much of an impact he had on her life and Kevin Smith's wife. I don't think was a Playboy bunny, but mm-hmm. she shot for Playboy. Okay. A couple times because he just posted about it today that mm-hmm. uh, that Hugh Hefner has, had passed and that you know he his wife had 
there had been stuff. He his wife had been in Playboy. Is yeah, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um. So yeah, lots of lots of people. Yeah. I just I don't know. Weezer did a video shoot at the Playboy Mansion. They did. They it was Beverly Hills, right? Yeah. Which was kind of seen as their comeback song and like mm-hmm. their it was mid two thousands. I don't know. I guess you're right. Like people, you know, the the debate is always when a famous person dies. You know, are you jumping on the bandwagon? The mm-hmm. only people I've ever posted about were. Gunnar Hansen, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw, like, I wouldn't say for me personally is like, you know, one of my, like, favorites or anything. I love Leatherface more than other classic slashers. Leatherface is a character, and that's what Gunnar Hansen played. He played Leatherface. Yeah. Um, But I, you know, I posted about him because of the impact that Texas Chainsaw has had on the entire genre. Yeah. I was upset to hear of Wes Craven's passing, but I didn't post about it because I was just like, I, I'm not a huge Wes Craven fan. I wasn't at the time, you know, uh, who else have I posted about? Posted about Christopher Lee Mm -hmm. because he was in star Wars yeah. And he was in The Wicker Man. And it's been a long time since I've watched The Wicker Man, but I, I liked it a lot. And he's done a lot for horror. He, you know, was in Lord of the Rings, all that kind of stuff. And I do remember posting about Leonard Nimoy because I was like, I never liked Star Trek. But Spock is like a character for the ages. Yeah. And Leonard Nimoy brought that, you know, to to pop culture you can't deny that kind of contribution you know i posted recently about harry dean stanton just because we have covered repo man and uh 16 candles i think is that where he played her dad probably i'm pretty sure was he also in or was it Pretty in Pink? Was Pretty in Pink. We covered that. We covered Pretty in Pink. So I think Harry Dean Stanton was in that. Wasn't he also in Dawn of... No. Day of the Dead? In Day? Was he up. in one of the Dead movies? Because I feel like somebody else was posting about him for being influential in the horror community. I don't know. Let's, uh, Let's look it up. Pull it up. Pull it up I here. Posted about many people lately. Harry Dean Stanton. He was ninety-one. Wow. Because I remember after we did the Repo Man show, I looked him up and I was like, "Oh shit, he's still alive." That reminds me of. Um, I saw that. Uh, what's his name? Um, Patton Oswalt. In 2016, he posted a tweet and it was like, 2016, su- st- 2016 sucks so bad it doesn't even understand the Abe Vigoda joke because Abe Vigoda died in 2016 and everyone was always surprised to hear that he was still alive. 
Like, because he was just like, he looked like he was on his deathbed in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember I posted about Anton Yelk when he passed away because I thought he was such a fun actor and he was also taken very soon. He was only like 20, he was in his 20s when he died and that's just insane to me. Who was that? Anton Yelk. He was um, Mr. Chekhov in the new Star Trek movies, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then he was Charlie Bartlett. He was in this movie called Green Room with Patrick Stewart. He was in Odd Thomas. He played Thomas. Hmm. You never saw? Did you ever watch Charlie Bartlett? No. That's such a good movie. It's so good. It's so. So tragic when he died, I feel like. This guy. Yeah, he looks familiar. Yeah. Um, he died of uh, an accident. What happened? He was, let's see, something along the lines of, oh, he was in the Fright Night remake. Oh, yeah? He was the lead character in the Fright Night remake. Um, basically, he was, like, outside of his home in California and got out of his car to, like, get the mail or something like that. Mm-hmm. And either didn't put the car in park or, like, didn't, like, uh, put the emergency brake on or, like, something. And the car rolled forward and pinned him, like, crushed him against the gate of his house. Jeez. And I think it took, like, a couple days for somebody to find him. Wow. And that's how he died. Jeez. Pinned up against the gate of his house. And he was like, like, I'm 28, he was probably like, he might have been younger than me. Wow. Possibly. Or about the same age. I, you know, I remember hearing about it, and that was like the, one of the first times, I don't know if a celebrity death has ever affected me quite as much, because I'm just like, god damn. Like, he was a pretty decent actor, mm-hmm. and he was so young. So young. Yeah. I just really liked him a lot. And just, like, to be taken by such an accident is just so heartbreaking, I feel like, you know? Like, everybody else, like, Gunnar Hansen, I'll just say, yeah, I think he might have been in his 70s, and say, yeah, gone too soon. Mm-hmm. You know, rest in peace for all you've done for horror movies. Wes Craven, same kind of thing. But for Anton Yelk, it was very. George Romero. George Romero. Well, Romero was another one where I was like, holy shit, can't believe Romero passed away. Mm-hmm. 
but there's so much to like enjoy over his career. Yeah. And, and Anton Yelk was in a lot of movies, but just to be so young, I, I, I just think is insane. I didn't, I didn't see any dead films, by the way, in Harry Dean Stanton. Okay, maybe I'm thinking... He was an alien, person. though. Okay. I Maybe I'm, I'm thinking of somebody else. Somebody, I feel like, from Day of the Dead just did pass away. Um, oh, shit. Right there. We were going to do TT Boys, and then we got yeah. on Celebrity Death, so let's... Well, it's right there, but yeah. TT Boys... Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus announces she has breast cancer. Damn. Obviously, she was on Seinfeld. Yeah. Which I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Probably, I would assume, her biggest role. She's, uh... Well, she's recently been on Veep. Veep, right. Which I've not watched, but I've heard it done well. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's done pretty well so far. Hopefully, that's something they're able to treat quickly. Yeah. Um... I just want to achieve a level of fame where if I get sick, there's a trending talk topic about how I'm sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not to downgrade anything that's happening to actual celebrities right now, because, yeah. you know, whenever something terrible happens, like, I, I do feel for them. Like, even though they're celebrities, I think, you know, this, you, you can, you can gain, or you can get connections with these people that are in the public eye a lot. You know, and you can connect with how they're feeling. Like, God forbid anything ever happened to Kesha, because I really have connected with who she is as a person, and the things that she stands for, and the things that she writes about, and sings about, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I would, I would, I would appreciate achieving that level of fame. That'd be nice. Well, hopefully, again, Julie Lee Dreyfus, uh, it's well soon, and mm-hmm. uh, they're able to take care of that. I feel like in today's medical field, it, it's yeah. there's a pretty decent chance yeah. she can overcome that. So, you know, we toast to her. Yeah. Toast to Julia, to Elaine Bennis as well. What other uh, TT boys have we got going on here? A new Hocus Pocus movie is in the works. Another remake. Another goddamn remake. Let's see if they provide any more... For the Disney Channel. A Disney Channel remake. Nobody watches Disney Channel anymore. Like, I kind of watch Disney Channel. Still? Yeah. To this day? Because, uh... Well, the new, um, the new DuckTales. Okay. But do you watch Disney? I don't watch Disney Channel. No, I know. No, no, no. <laughs> do you watch Disney Channel? Disney Channel? Is it on Disney Channel or is it on Disney XD? Hmm. Good question. I'm too old. Because to, if it's uh, on Disney XD, yeah. which also airs Star Wars Rebels, mm. like, that's... You know, that's different than watching yeah. the Disney Channel. Yeah, it is. But just in general, to take a classic like that and be like, well, we're going to make a... It's a, it's, a, it's a TV channel. And you're going to take a classic like Hocus Pocus and remake it for the Disney Channel. I think... 
if this had been done in when did Hocus Pocus come out? Probably ninety three or ninety four. Okay. Just off the top of my head. If this had been done in the early two thousands as a Disney Channel movie, like two thousand five or earlier, success. Uh-huh. Like would have been great. But I I mean, I'm not a child. I you know, I get that. But I just don't think that the Disney Channel movies are as successful as they were for a number of years in the 2000s. You had Brink, and you had Smart House, and you had The Luck of the Irish, and you had that one movie about the fucking mermaid, and you had Don't Look Under the Bed, and you had Halloween Town. Which was a huge franchise for, for I, them. I've never seen or heard of any of these movies, except for Luck of the Irish, because the main character is one of the main stars on, on the show Psych. Is he? Really? Timothy O'Munson. He was the fucking guy. He was like the leprechaun. Yeah. I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's like, he's one of the main characters on Psych. Is he? He's, like, one of the main detectives. Not the two partners. No, not the two partners. One, He's, like, the dude... He's kind of, like, the like straight-laced dude that they are always poking fun at. Okay. His name is Lasseter. And they always... Yeah, they're always giving him shit. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I've never... I've never even heard of any of those movies. Really? Yeah. Z- uh, Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century? No. There was there was a uh what's the other one? Sky High. I've um, heard of Sky High. Up up and away. No. I know of like even Stevens and Lizzie McGuire. And that's like the only Disney Channel. Those stuff. are shows. I'm talking about movies. No, I've never I never watched any. Okay. There was a rash of amazing Disney Cadet Kelly? Mm mm. God damn. <laughs> There was a rash of amazing Disney Channel movies. Uh, I feel like during during my childhood, I were they really amazing? Really? Don't look under the bed is like one of the creepiest movies I've ever seen. Because I don't want to discount you here. Yeah. Because I know that I could probably pull shit out that you've never heard of. I'm sure. But like, if I missed out. I'd be interested in in checking this stuff out now and seeing. I think that as a child, it's okay. I guess I don't watch Disney Channel anymore. I don't know what their original movies are like. I'm not even saying that I saw every single one of these movies. I've never seen Halloween Town. I've never watched Xenon Girl of the 21st Century from start to finish. You know, like... All I'm saying is that there was a time when Disney Channel movies were like the fucking thing. They promoted them all the time. They were well received by fans. They Mm -hmm. would re-air them a lot. They get Blu-ray releases? No, none of them have Blu-ray releases. None of them? As far as I'm concerned. When was the last time you checked? I checked for Don't Look Under the Bed not too long ago, and I don't think there's a Blu-ray release for it. It's 
one of those things where, like, you know, they're just now starting to release Nickelodeon 90s shows yeah. on DVD. Yeah. It's kind of like the same thing where, like, there's a couple Disney Channel original movies on DVD, but not many. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, dude, Don't Look Under the Bed was, like, one of the creepiest movies I've ever seen. But, like... Again, now I don't even know f- what I was fucking getting at. Uh, what were we talking about? Hocus, Hocus Pocus. Pocus. During that time, where there was a rash of, like, just... They would promote... It was, like, every month, almost... It was like they were promoting a Disney Channel original movie. And every one of them was like pretty alright, you yeah. know. I remember watching Cadet Kelly. I remember watching Don't Look Under the Bed. I remember watching Luck of the Irish. And whatever the mermaid one was, I can't I can't remember what it was called. Um not Splash. No, it's not Splash. It's it's different. Um Smart House was another one. I remember watching Smart House. And there was a movie. Movie. With uh, Taj Maori, brother to Tia and Tamara Maori. Okay. Okay, so Taj was... Did you get into, like, Jake and Logan Paul? Were you in that era? No, no, that's... This is before them. Okay. This is way before them. Had... A Hocus Pocus remake occurred during that time as a Disney Channel original movie. I feel like it could have been very successful. Halloween Town is still... I feel like I'm not a fan of it because I never watched it, but... Maybe we should watch it. I feel like we it's can. a good one to watch but now. I'm pretty sure I saw a Halloween Town DVD at Walmart for the Halloween season. Okay. So we can check that out. But... Um, like I never watched it, but I know it kind of has a cult following. Yeah. Do you know the story? I know a girl gets transported to Halloween Town. This right here, I just pulled it up on my phone. Right here, Halloween Town. Uh, yeah, yep, that's it. Not Halloween Town two, first one. Okay. So the first. My one. fucking point. Is that remaking Hocus Pocus now is stupid. Yeah. At this point, it's such a classic that you shouldn't be remaking it. Mm-hmm. That's, all, that's what I'm trying to get at But here. you think it would have been okay to remake... To, to remake or sequel it. To yeah. sequel it as a Disney Channel original movie in the early 2000s. But not now. Not now. Now it's too long. Just like they keep fucking talking about doing Beetlejuice 2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they just like... Every now and then you hear, Tim Burton confirms Beetlejuice 2. I'd watch it. Well, Because okay. it's still the main... It's Michael Keaton as... Michael Keaton. Beetlejuice. And then Winona Ryder as... She comes back as Lydia. Lydia. And Tim Burton directing. Okay. Yes. Count me in. I'll be there. For real. But if it was like, well, uh, what we've done is we've gotten uh, fucking Seth Meyers to play Beetlejuice 
and uh, you know we're gonna get Jennifer Lawrence to play Why Lydia. Seth I don't know, just because of like people Maybe from today that like you know you would hear a name thrown out. Yeah, he's he's relevant. He's got his own show. But if it was all the same people, fine. You know why not? I guess that's the issue. Are they fucking remaking Hocus Pocus with Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and the other chick? I doubt it. I do too. And that's like, why even bother? Yeah, why bother? Why not just make a new movie, kind of like kind of like Hocus Pocus? Why not just say, "Remember Hocus Pocus? That was cool." What if we did this to it, tweaked it a little bit? Yeah, and we got some new actors and actresses. Yeah, they're gonna love it. Let's see. I have a friend that calls me Zachary Binks, which is... Oh, Tyler. You know Tyler. Yeah. Calls me Zachary Binks, which is the cat from Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Oh, Zachary Binks. Um. <laughs> uh, what other trending see. topics have we here? Uh, What's the Jane Fonda one? Megan Kelly asks Jane Fonda about plastic surgery. I, I read about this. I didn't read about it. You know who Megan Kelly is? No. She's like a... Jane Fonda was in Barbarella, though, right? Yeah. Well, she went on Megan Kelly's new show. Megan Kelly got in a lot of... Megan Kelly got into some disputes with Trump. Okay. During the debates. And then... She left Fox News, and she was going to have her own show, like her own political type of show, like asking the big questions type of deal, and that didn't do well. Okay. So she just left, and she went to, like, Megyn Kelly in the morning. Okay. And she was like, I'm not going to talk about politics anymore. I just want to have fun. Uh-huh. And, like, Jane Fonda was on there, and, uh, and she asked Jane Fonda about her plastic surgery. Apparently Jane Fonda got very offended that she would bring that up. Okay. And so it's blown up into this thing where it's like, how dare you ask her about her plastic surgery? You know. I so, feel like if you have plastic surgery, you're inviting people to ask about it. That would be... Yeah, that would, I think that's a common sense approach. It's like, you you used to look like this. But and, now you look like this. Yeah, so what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> so what's up with that? <laughs> but I just realized Jane Fonda is also on the show Grace and Frankie, which is on Netflix, which is a great show that I watched possibly the first season of. And, you say Will and Grace? No, no, Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie, okay. Yeah, pretty sure Jane Fonda is on that. Okay. That's all we got. I guess if you're going to get plastic surgery, the TT boys would say, um, be prepared for people to ask you about your plastic surgery. Is that... That's my is take that cool? on it. If you fucking get plastic surgery, expect to be asked about it. Like, it's like if Because I... it's still... It's so common, but I still think it's, like, really taboo. Like, if somebody gets a plastic surgery, they're just like, what did you get plastic surgery for? You know? It's well, almost... even if you came over next week and my face looked like I was a completely different person. Yeah. I would expect you to maybe be like, Hey, Yo, what's up with that? What happened to your face? <laughs> just... Yeah, so, 
Um, I uh, I would side with Meg- Megan Kelly on that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, it says here, Prince Harry. Meet Prince Harry's popcorn thief, Emily Henson. That's all it gives us. That's it. Yeah. So. So I have to Emily Henson stole some popcorn from Prince Harry. Or for him. She steal it for him or from him? It doesn't say. For him seems more likely because from him, like how? How? How are you gonna steal popcorn gonna, from, from the, the prince? prince? Yeah. The Prince of England. Maybe he was like sitting there and he was like, hey, steal me some popcorn. Yeah, and she was just like, yes, my liege. Yeah. <laughs> she went and tried to steal him popcorn. She got caught. And she was like, I wasn't stealing it for me. I was stealing it for, for the, the prince. prince. Yeah. And he was like, I didn't tell her to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who that bitch is. Uh, but her name's here. Emily Henson. Uh, is she famous already, or is she? Well, famous? she's not famous enough for you to know her name. Apparently, or, my, or I don't know. I don't know who she is. Who's May Musk? May Musk, the newest cover girl, is the sixty-nine-year-old model. Cover girl announced that its newest ambassador is a sixty-nine-year-old model. And timeless beauty. Well, she looks... May must. She looks easy, breezy, and beautiful. So she's a cover girl. Cover girl. No problem. No problem there. Fine. Share. 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 A share musical is Broadway bound. Just about share. Oh. I guess. I mean... You gonna go watch it? Do you believe in life after love? I mean, that's all I know about Cher, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not going to go watch it. Oh. No. She, I feel like she deserves a musical on Broadway. She's Cher. She's fucking Cher. So you're not going to go down to the, uh... Playhouse Sh- in the Park? Well, I was going to say the Schuster Center in oh, Dayton. Yeah. What's if, for the Aronoff Center in that's Cincinnati? That's in Yeah. If someone gave you, like, if they're like... Yo, dog! I got this free ticket to share the share musical. You're like, well, I don't have anything else going on. Yeah, like I'd go if that was the case. (laughs) But like, I'm not gonna fucking pay for a ticket to the share musical. But would you at least pay for your own gas to get there? Yeah, I'd pay for my gas to get there if somebody bought me a ticket. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, the greatest thing about share. Is that there's a drag queen named Chad Michaels who has had plastic surgery to look like Cher. Chad Michaels? Yeah. That What's her, uh... Oh, shit. Chaz Bono. Chaz is her Bono. Is her... Her... Son. What? Her daughter who is now her son. Yeah, Chaz. Let's throw that out there. Cher's... Daughter is transgendered, has been living as a man for a long time, and is named Chaz Bono. Chaz Bono, that's right. Yeah. I used to work with a lady who looked very much like Chaz Bono. Really? Yeah. Where do you, where do you even get that name? That's what I Chaz? Not, no, not Chaz. 
Bono. Bono. From Sonny. Chaz Bono. Sonny Bono. Sonny. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. That makes way more sense. Like, I never even thought of that. You didn't? Sonny Bono. All right, no, because I just, like, share to me, I am aware that she is Sonny and Cher. Yeah. Like, I'm aware of that. But I've always thought of her more as a solo artist. So, well, Sonny they... Bono yeah. never, literally never came to me until just now. Even yeah. though I've heard his name before. Well, there's always, well, their show was Sonny and Cher. Yeah, Sonny, not Sonny Bono and Cher. No, well, yeah. They, they That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Chaz Bono. All right, well, okay, Chaz Bono. There you go. That's where yeah. it comes from. Chaz Bono has been on RuPaul's Drag Race a number of times. Oh. Hmm. Seems like it would be at a loggerheads with the drag community. What do you mean? Someone who's like who says they're transgender versus people who are just like transvestite, if you will. Yeah. Where it's like they're just doing it for fun on the weekends. No, I don't think that's what it is. I don't no? think that's how it is. I think it's a lifestyle. I think it's a performance. I think it's an art form. Well, no, I'm not I'm saying it's not. Uh, yeah, it's a performance for sure, but I think because you see like RuPaul out of drag. And it's just like, just like a dude. Regular, regular gay guy. He's not living as that character all the time. So I would think that there would start to be this thing where it's like all your... Where you might make that sound. Where you're like... Yeah, but I think that within that community... For Chaz Bono to be trans, but be sort of accepted and, for lack of a better term, glorified yeah. by cross-dressers, by transvestites, not yeah. transsexuals. Mm-hmm. There's so much more, I feel like, you know... We were, my mom and I were just talking about this regarding the movie Freaks. Yeah. Where, like, no, I don't think that it's 100% accurate, but, uh, in, in, in the lamest of terms that I can put it, the freakier you are, the more willing you are to accept freaky people. Mm hmm. So, in essence, like, because there is this show that brings the drag community to the forefront of popularity, it's like, like why would Chaz Bono have a problem with it? Because they accept him, mm-hmm. so why shouldn't he accept them? You know what I mean? Like, it's not always the case. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that it's a hundred percent across the board that for, you know just for conversation's sake, freaks except freaks. Yeah. But I think that that is way more 
um, normal for like people who are of a certain persuasion to accept more people that that uh what the... hmm what do you call that turn of phrase certain persuasion mhm that just struck me as funny because aren't we all of a certain persuasion? Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, I accept a crapload of people, even though I'm just a straight white man. Yeah. You know? You're the worst. I am. Like, the I worst. am the worst. In, 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 like, the grand scheme of things, like, I am typically viewed as the worst type of person because I have zero diversity at all. I'm straight... Yeah. I'm white, mm-hmm. like... And you're a man. And I'm a man. Yeah. Straight, white, man. You don't know what hardship is. I don't. Because everything is just handed to me in life. Not right. for real, but that's just what the but conception that's the, is. That, yeah, that's the idea. That's the idea, is that straight, white men are just given whatever they want. Yeah. But I am super accepting and tolerant of like all walks of life you know i love like you know just like it doesn't matter to me what your fucking ethnicity is i don't give two shits like if you're a cool person you're a cool person Mm -hmm. and you know also as a completely straight white man i will fully admit when i find like another man attractive or whatever. Yeah. Like, there are... Well, how do you feel about this? Because I saw a video just a few days ago from some of the um, demonstrations that were taking place recently. Mm. Mm. And it was like a... Boo. <laughs> it was a Latino lady, okay. I believe. And she was yelling at this other guy who was a fucking white male. and uh, And he was like on her side. And she was basically yelling at him, saying, like, okay, well, then you need to go out there and punch someone. And he was like, well, I'm I'm trying to work with you. I'm trying to make a difference. And she's like, yeah, well, it's not, it doesn't mean anything until you take action by, like, hitting someone. And until you do that, then you're just, like, you're flapping your gums. Because you are the problem. And, like, racism is in your DNA. And, like, you literally are the evil at work. And the only way that you can absolve yourself from that is to go out and punch another person who is, like, a white supremacist in the face. Like, that's the only way that you can absolve yourself of the sin of being born a white male. And I'm just like, well, that seems a little dangerous to me to start... Yeah, like you, the problem is that you can't, there, you find, the challenge, the challenge is finding a way to suppress negative beliefs without violence. Yeah. I don't think that white supremacy and Nazism has any place in our society, just like... I'm accepting of a lot of people, but yeah. that mindset has zero a zero tolerance policy. 
from me. Grow the fuck up. Yeah. It's 2017. It's 20... Like, yeah, it's it's 2017. Like, shut shut up. Shut the fuck up. That's true. Like, race is different. Yeah. It's here to stay. You will not change this country. You know what I mean? So racism to me should be completely fucking dead. Does that mean that we should use violence to eradicate it? No. No, because at that point, you're only giving them more fuel. Exactly. You know? That's the problem. Because then those people who feel that way are like, well, they're going to come after us with violence if we don't do something first. Where it's like you're... It's, it's, it's so dangerous to start equating <laughs> words with violence. Right. Because what happens is the people who are adhering to that belief, who are buying in and, and kind of... They're, they're playing the, game, the same game with you, so to speak. Well, if you go over and you punch them in the face first, because what they're saying to you is so offensive that you think it's the same thing as them coming up and punching you, then you give them, you you instill the belief in them Yeah. that there is no difference between words and real physical violence. When you do that, you completely negate any reason they had in their minds for holding back physically. Right. And then they're going to come at you violently. Yeah. And that leads to a bunch of fucking shit that we do not need. Right. We should trust in the ability of our of ourselves as human beings to to talk these things out in a system like ours where it's like maybe you don't agree with this guy saying maybe what he's saying is really vile and, and awful and it's just like there's no place for it here. But he can sit over there and he can yell all he wants to. If he comes over and punches you in the face, then he's going to get arrested. He's going to be taken away. And people are going to see that because we don't tolerate that. And I think it's really difficult for people to just ignore a a stance like that. For example, um, I recall one day... One day in college, um, coming out of class, and there was a man spewing, like, just obscenities about how everybody was going to hell. Just, like, major, major, major Bible thumper. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just saying that, like, everybody around him was doomed to an eternity of suffering because they had sex and they drank alcohol and they this and they that and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, a crowd formed around him. And I even recall one guy getting so upset that he, like, left for a bit and returned with like a metal chain in his hands and he was like about to beat this guy for saying things and it's just like you you know I recall thinking like standing there 
and it's why I left the group too. I recall standing there and just being like, that's what he wants. Yeah. Like he is spouting these negative feelings and these negative thoughts and all of these obscenities because he wants people to get angry because if if people get angry it justifies how he's feeling yeah and i think it's so difficult even for me at times especially if i were to like be faced with a member of the kkk mm-hmm. like it's it's very difficult for people to <clears throat> see this kind of behavior and just ignore it. Yeah. But that's how it goes away. You know? Yeah. Because I, th- I would imagine if you look at the numbers, racists in this country are likely dwindling. Mm-hmm. I would, yeah. you know, I would hope. Well, true racism. True you know? racism, yeah. Like where you literally are repulsed. By being confronted by someone who is not the same race as you. Right. Where you, know? you literally think that all of America should just be American-born white people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there are many people like that. You know, I think people have... Some people have, like, notions built up in their minds of, like, these people are more likely to act this way and whatever. And they form these opinions, whatever. But I don't... Because you always hear a lot of people who have that kind of mindset and they're like, well, you know, I hate people of this particular race, but I like this guy I work with. Uh He's not one of them. He's not like the rest. What does that show you? It's like, they're not exactly racist. It means that they don't like a particular behavior. They don't like a pattern. And they meet someone who doesn't fall into that pattern. And it's like, well, these people are so... This guy is so obviously different than the rest of them. I'm going to give him a free pass. But you don't know the rest of them. Right. And if you were 100% racist, you wouldn't give them the opportunity to persuade Mm. you otherwise. Right. And that's... I think that's hopeful. You know? That shows that people are more concerned, really, with, like, the way that other people act. And how that they present themselves you know in in social settings or like when they're dealing with them in a business way or whatever it's like it's like they'll make exceptions for people who are cool if you will i think what it boils down to is that people in general just don't like other people who are shitty you know (laughs) right and and if we could all like find a way to agree on that then maybe it would be it would be yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. If you're a white supremacist, though, you're shitty. You are. Yeah. You're you're a shitty person. You are a shitty person. So I'm not gonna find a way to make things work with you. Like you're just a shitty ass person. Stop. Stop it. Stop doing that. I did see a story just today about a guy who had like all these like nazi tattoos and shit did you I think see that I glossed over it but yeah. yeah i think i saw it yeah and he it is his mentality was completely changed by a black woman people can change like he became friends with her and he was like i was wrong you know yeah i'm but, absolutely of the opinion that if you're a white supremacist but you give it a chance and you you know you decide that's not 
crap. Like, good for you. Yeah. You know, like, I will absolutely, at that point, I will accept you as as friend, you know, because you have changed your opinion on on another race. But... And those people who, who go that way are going to be the ones who are more likely to sway the others who are in that camp. Because it's like, oh man, he was hardcore. And then he went the other way. Like, why would he do that? Right. And then maybe talk to him and it's like, because I realized that... We're it, not different. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to act this way towards people whose skin is a different color. Like, it's fucking stupid. It's, yeah. It's something that not even fucking toddlers do with each other. You know? So... Yeah. But, uh... Just... Yeah, but I, I, you know, there's plenty of room for people who change their ideas, but I don't think that there is any room in society for people who are true blue racists. Like, get the fuck out of here. You're in the minority. Yeah. You know, stop. Just stop it. Stop it. (sighs) Well. Sounds like, seems like... Seems like a decent stopping point right there. That's a heavy ending. Heavy. Super heavy. boys. Yeah, the TT boys. <laughs> Bringing it back. Maybe yeah. we'll do another TT boys next episode. Yeah. It's a good show, though. Yeah, it's a good show. Alright, well, um, hang out for the outro, and uh, we'll uh, see you all out of here. Zuckerberg hyperextends his knee when he walks. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Do you that know anyone looks, who walks that, like that? It looks like his leg is broken. It does. That is fucking weird. Have you ever walked like that in no. your life? No. I've, I can't. I can't even do it. <laughs> I can't even do that. What the? Like, God. That's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable to look at. Mark Zuckerberg's knee bends backwards when he takes a step forwards really weird really weird weird. super weird i can't i can't even that's this week's super weird that's mark zuckerberg's weird hyper extended knee i'm i'm shook um shook it's rough it's rough times um hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and um you know what's up we've uh there's still time to pre-order our upcoming album it's called action figures mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we have a pre-order campaign running on indiegogo right now so if you go to indiegogo.com and search superdoors we will pop right up mm-hmm. there are tons of different options uh for you to pre-order there are CDs, there are digital downloads, there are cassettes, there are vinyls. We even have motherfucking t shirts for you guys. Yeah. That you can Super pre-order. Horse Rules t shirts. And all of it is at a pre order discounted price. You can save up to 50% off on all of our uh, merchandise, you know. Yep. 
it's just a, it's a really good time to pre-order. So make sure you do that. Because if you don't, well, fuck you. You're going to have to pay full price. Yep. You're fucking yourself. And just so you guys know, we do not need this Indiegogo campaign to fund La Album. No, it's already done. It is done. You've seen the music videos. And we are already uh, acquiring the perks for the campaign. We have CDs. We have buttons and stickers. We have, we have cassettes. cassette tapes. So, like, this is, like, the discount is for you. Yeah, it's just for you guys. So make sure you get in on the discount. Yep. Uh, also, make sure you follow us all across the internet. You can start at superdivorceme.com. Also, follow us on facebook.com slash superdivorce. Twitter, at superdivorce. Instagram, at superdivorceband. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, your best bet is to go to Instagram and search at Bender Butt. And if you want to find me, look me up across social media at Nicholas Villars. And if you would like to find me and play some games with me on Steam, look me up at Venom underscore Villars. And that's also my name on Twitch. So uh, check me out. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Super Divorce Supercast. Hope you enjoyed it, chefs. We drank two beers, Pumpkin, and uh, the Big Bad Baptist. And next week we'll be back with more beer and more just talk about stuff. So uh, until then, have a good week. Have a good week. Enjoy, chefs. Oh. Super divorce.